Hey there, this is Brian. I'm the host of the Engaging Missions show. If you've found this show for the first time, I did want to take a second to let you know that this show is not currently in production. You're certainly welcome to check out all of the archives, but we don't have new episodes coming out at the moment. However, I did want to take a second to highlight one of the sponsors that sponsored the show a while ago. They're not currently sponsoring the show, but if you're looking for a place to invest in the kingdom, I'd recommend checking out Mega Voice Audio Bibles. You can find them at megavoice.com, or you'll find a link in the show notes, and I would encourage you to just check that out and see if maybe that's a fit for your giving. There's no compensation here or anything like that. I just wanted to highlight them. And with that, I'll get you back into the regular program. You're listening to the Engaging Missions Radio Show, Episode 40 with Caleb and Tracy Lawrence. Welcome to the Engaging Missions Radio Show. If you care about missions, this is the place for you. Whether you're actively involved in ministry and missions, are considering missions, or serve God in the marketplace with a heart for God's kingdom, you're in the right place. Join us each week for inspiration, encouragement, resources, and so much more as we delight in the things that God is doing all around the world. All right, let's get started. I'm really happy to have Caleb and Tracy Lawrenson on the line today. They're connected to Samara Murtaugh, who you might remember from episode 24. Caleb and Tracy met in Omaha, Nebraska, and they've always felt called to the nations. In fact, while they were engaged, Caleb spent three months in Mozambique, and then after they were married, they were immediately part of intentional communities and spent time searching for where God was calling them. They've now been in Thailand for about two and a half years, living in community and touching people with the love of the Father. They reach out to Thai people, primarily through education, and they also partner with a local Thai church, where they're able to use their gifts to bless the church and the Thai Buddhist village around them. Okay, Caleb and Tracy, I've given just a little introduction. Can you take a minute, tell us about yourself and your ministry? We'd like to get you know to know you a little bit more personally. Hello. Yeah, so as we meant, as uh, mentioned, we we work in education, and so uh, a big part of what we do is working in schools, and, and we, so we spend a lot of time with preschoolers, elementary schoolers, and high school high schoolers. Um, and also, you touched on the intentional community thing, and that's that's always been a very important part of of our lives. So we love sharing life with with people as much as we possible as much as we possibly can. Um, yeah, Tracy. Yeah, I think that's good. Okay. Now, when you uh, when you sent me some of the information uh, before we had our before our chat, um, you mentioned that you have. A little bit of challenge, you know, some challenges that we might not be familiar with here in the U.S., in t- especially in terms of uh, raising children in mm. a sort of a cross-cultural environment. Could you share with us a little bit of what that is like for you? Yes. Um, we have a six-year-old son and a one-and-a-half-year-old daughter, and our son was born in the United States before we moved to Thailand. But we took him on our many adventures journey starting at 11 months old. So he was quite the world traveler. And one thing that we had decided before our, when our son was born and that we were going to travel with him is that we viewed him as an asset to our family and not as a burden. 
I feel like a lot of uh, Americans in general, when they think about travel, they just get overwhelmed with the idea, all the things they need to have, and just are so, um, I don't know, just so, they're so heavy, just so worried about that, all the little details. And instead, we really viewed traveling with our son and, and living overseas with our son is that he, he will be a blessing mm. and not a burden to us. Yeah. And that has been the truth. Uh, wherever we've gone, uh, our son has brought us great favor. Mm-hmm. And then now that we've been living in Thailand, uh, we decided when we moved here that we were going to, it was important to us to have him become uh, acclimated to the culture. And so we um, put him into a preschool that was a mostly Thai. Uh, all his most friends are all Thai, but he was getting also Thai spoken to him all day, all but like an hour a day of English. And so um, that was a very hard choice, and he definitely went through uh, a strong emotional cultural adaptation. But we felt as his parents that that would be the best um, the best gift we could give to our son would be able to communicate. Mm-hmm. Uh, with the Thai people, and he is now pretty much uh, age appropriate is co- uh, is fluent in Thai uh, with uh, speaking. He can even speak the Northern Thai dialect. Mm-hmm. And then um, I have, of course, then we had our daughter that's a year and a half that was born here in Tha- born here in Thailand. I had a very um, positive birthing experience here. I think a lot of people maybe listening would be like, "Oh, what's their hospital like or the birthing conditions?" And those conditions were really good and um, quite, just as nice to, as to me than as a hospital in the United States. And the cost was a lot cheaper, too. So that was a great bonus. <laughs> um, they did not have anesthesia, so I, I had to have birth her naturally, which was a good experience as well. But um, other than that, um, it was, you know, and we knew some Thai at that point, so we were able to communicate effectively with the nurses and the people that help the doctors and things like that. So um, it was a very good experience. And so now uh, she is a year and a half and she is doing great. She comes to the preschool with me when I teach. So she is around Thai people most of the day. And so now her, even her preferred language that she communicates in is Thai. And so um, I guess all that just to say of how much they have um, acclimated to the culture has just been a very much um, in the way we've chosen to live our lives in community and to be with the Thai people uh, has um, is just again that making that choice of seeing our children as that they're a blessing that people like when my son speaks Thai it's like he is the sign and the wonder they're just like whoa a uh, uh, little white boy is speaking Thai our, our language and he speaks it well and fluently it's just amazing to them. And it's just like, you know what, um, all of that, that the cost that we had to put forth in the beginning, it was worth it. And, um, even though it was hard at times where I wish he would have just been at home with me, or, um, I was really nervous about how his treatment at school was being, or if he wasn't making friends, but he was, you know, those kind of fears that we just Mm -hmm. deal with. I was, um, very much thankful for the results of what we have chosen, how to um, acclimate our lives here in Thailand with children. Okay. Now that we know you a little bit, can you share with us uh, a scripture or maybe a motivational quote that's really been meaningful to you over the, over the last few years, and then share with us how that scripture or quote has really shaped your behavior? Uh, yes. There is a person named Dave Eubank who has an organization called Three Burma Rangers, and one of his 
kind of mottos that he shared with us the first time we visited Thailand is do not be led by comfort or fear. So the quote is do not be led by comfort or fear. And as much as we, as much as we can, we try to use that as like almost a litmus test in decision-making. So if, if there's a decision in front of us or a choice that we're making, we, we, we try to evaluate it through that lens. Are we making this choice based on a desire for comfort or are we making this choice because we're afraid? Um, now, of course, we're not, it's not something that's like constantly, we're not always evaluating like, oh, I need to upgrade my technology. Am I being led by comfort in this case or whatever? But especially in these kind of ongoing life decisions, as we're praying to God, we want to make sure that it's, it's him that's leading us and not those two extremes of comfort and, and fear. So that's consistently ongoing, consistently an area of growth, but it has, it has been very helpful. And I think it's helped us avoid at least some of the potential traps, especially living where we live. It's, it's possible to kind of go into escapism, Mm -hmm. you know, and, and, and avoidance. So keeping that at the forefront has been helpful. Okay. Well, thank you for, thanks for sharing that. Now, uh, as you alluded to earlier, when you were talking about your son, Tracy, and I'm, I'm not directing this question to you necessarily, but uh, there are challenges that we face. Everybody has a cha- has challenges in their lives. I, I think that sometimes it, it seems like we can get a little bit of what I call the Facebook effect, where you look around and it can seem like everybody else's life is amazing. And you look at your own life and it doesn't necessarily measure up. But I know that we all have challenges. Can you share with us a time when, when you guys were facing a challenge, maybe something that you were facing personally, or maybe something where you were praying for someone else, and then share with us what God did in that time? Yeah, so about, it was a, a year ago, uh, we, we faced two things that were some of the most emotionally, culturally, relationally difficult uh, circumstances. So they, they both happened at essentially the same time and, and it was tremendously difficult. And I'll quickly summarize. The first is there is, there was a student at our school, a Thai boy who was under in the adoption process and had been in the adoption process for a long time. His um, adoptive parents are American and that the adoptive mother became terminally ill with cancer during the course of the adoption process. She went back to America to be in hospice care, and the father stayed in Thailand waiting for the bureaucratic cycle to kind of come to an end. And uh, there was really no end in sight, and his wife's condition was deteriorating to the point that uh, their family who was in America said, you need to come home. You have to be with your wife and you have to help with your family. Now you can't stay in Thailand. And at, at that point he was unable to take his uh, adopted son with him to America because of visa issues, because the adoption wasn't complete. So this man came to us and said, will you receive my son? 
indefinitely. We don't know what's going to happen. We don't know the outcome. We don't even know if his adoption will be approved since his mom's going to die. And it was, it was like, it's actually about the only time in Thailand that I have cried. I was brought to tears over this situation and um, it was exceedingly difficult. During that time when we had received this boy to care for him, we got into a car accident with a uh, Mercedes Benz and it was a difficult circumstance. And uh, I was deemed uh, at fault, therefore responsible for all of the damages. And there was a lot of questionable things about the case, but we were, we were just basically powerless uh, in the situation in terms of legal defense. And we were left to be responsible with a bill of about $9,000, which at that time was more than half of the, just the cash that we had period. Um, so these two events were happening at the same time. There was no resolution in sight. They were exceedingly taxing on us emotionally, mentally, and spiritually. Um, and then we have the famous, but God. (laughs) And so what ended up happening is I, I, I don't even know how it happened other than prayer and people just keeping on trying, knocking on doors. But the boy was was hand delivered a visa by a prominent American political figure uh, to go back to the United States. And he was escorted by a, a, a family that was going back for a visit. And so he was restored to his, his adoptive family that, that raised him from birth. He was restored to them in, in America. And his mother passed away the, the day after he, he arrived at home. Um, so it was a bittersweet arrival, but it was really the hand of God and his mercy restoring the family and allowing the mother to uh, see uh, the son that she had been waiting to come home for so long. And then the car situation, we, we were kind of, you know, wiped out economically, didn't, we use public transportation, then we were able to borrow a car of a friend. And after about two and a half months of waiting and praying and asking what, you know, asking God, what should we do about a car? We, we didn't really have money to buy a new car and some, some acquaintances of ours approached us and said that, we really believe that God wants us to sell you our truck and give you a very, very good deal. And they sold us a, 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 a nice truck for $1,000, which is about 10, 10% of its uh, value here in Thailand. And so and that blessing has kind of really made a lot of people uh, happy, including us. But it was really a breakthrough there too, as we were just asking and waiting and not knowing what to do. And then God came through and providing the family for the, for the boy and the, 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 the vehicle for our family. And, and both circumstances were resolved in ways that we were not capable of figuring out or making happening, making happen on our own. That's a, that's amazing. I'm, this is the part where it's challenging for me because I've just heard these amazing stories of God's faithfulness, and yet I'm trying to stay a little bit on script as well, because it just, 
it just astounds me what God does. You know, I hear the stories of God's faithfulness, and yet every time I'm blown away by the amazingness of his timing with bringing this boy to his mother, and then the amazingness of God giving you a vehicle for a fraction of the cost. It's just, it's just, it just continues to amaze me. I don't have anything else to say. I don't have any better way to say that, except I continue to be amazed by what God does. With that, we're going to go ahead and move to the present day. We've heard now about some challenges in God's faithfulness in uh, yeah. in your lives. We'd now like to hear a little bit about what's going on in your ministry, maybe something that's going on right now that's really exciting, or maybe something that you're starting to see coming in the future. Yeah, well, one thing that's just been really great for us, and as you've probably heard this theme of relationship and intentionality, like those are very meaningful to us. And before we left, we had this thought, like we want to be a part of something where the people are inviting us in, where they're asking us to join. Cause we don't want, we don't want the work that we do to be about like what we can make happen, but where we can join in with what God's doing and be a blessing. And of course we'll have a start new things, but initially coming as learners, we, you know, we just want to be able to join in. So just today we got back from our first official meeting with people that we've already been working with uh, in a church plant and also in their school, but they, they have pursued us and specifically invited us to join with them in a, in an intentional way. And it, and for us, it's, it's huge to see that. And, you know, maybe that is the aha moment is, is that God was showing us, uh, hey, this is the kind of relationship I'm going to have you be in, wait for it kind of thing. And so he's brought us into it. The meeting was really great. It's been very healing, uh, the kind of relationships that we have there. And then in addition to that, what's that? This this meeting is with the, the Thai church. Yeah, with the Thai, with the Thai, Thai church. church. That we are involved with in their church plan. Yeah. And so one, one cool thing that's happened in relation to that is there's a, I work at a government high school and there is a Chinese teacher at that high school. And as a, the opportunity of talking with this Chinese teacher and sharing a bit with her, uh, I invited her to come to church one day that I happened to be sharing. <laughs> I specifically invited her because I was sharing and she came and listened. And, uh, at the end of the message, she said, how could I become a Christian if I wanted to be a Christian? Would I need to tell people that I've decided to follow Jesus? <laughs> and then we're thinking, yes, this is good. So we talked with her some more, and then she came two weeks later, and that time she specifically decided to to follow Jesus. And um, And then about two weeks later, I came to the school after a school break, and I went into the meeting room. And the lead Thai teacher was in the room and the Chinese teacher was in the room. And I was telling them about an episode of diarrhea that I've been experiencing. And the Chinese teacher said, oh, did you pray to God? Because God will help you with that. And I smiled and I said, yes. And then the Thai lead teacher said, yes, this girl has now become a a believer in God. And I smiled to the Thai teacher and I said, yes, yes, she has. And I walked out of that teacher room thinking, oh, this is amazing. This, this girl is coming to faith. She's deciding to follow uh, Jesus. And now she's telling her colleagues about her new made decision. And the cool thing is she's doing this all on her own, own initiative. So uh, that to me is really exciting. And there's another story Tracy can tell about exciting things happening. Yeah. 
another exciting thing that happened about uh, a couple months ago, Samara and I um, lead a, a group for teenage girls that come to our house every Friday night. And we were just, we, it gets really hot here in Thailand. So a lot of times we will have our group outside, even in, even it's dark or whatever. We just lay out mats on the ground and you just sit down on that and it's in our driveway essentially. And, um, my neighbor was outside. It's very normal where we live to your neighbors to just kind of be out and about. And they especially like to forage and grab little vegetables or leaves off the trees and things like that. I know it sounds a little odd. But anyway, she was doing that foraging, and I was just like, hi, how are you? How are you feeling in Thai? And she said, oh, I'm not feeling very well. And that's usually not a normal response in Thailand. It's usually, or, you know, in Thai, you just kind of have like, yes, I'm doing well. How are you back? And so I just said, well, what's wrong with you? What's going on? And she went on to tell me about how her ear, basically, she was having um, vertigo really bad in her ear and how she can't in and yeah, something like she's just dizziness and it was so bad that she was going to multiple hospitals in our city in our neighborhood and in our city. And they did x-rays and all the doctors were like, I don't know what's going on with you. We don't know what's wrong with your ear. We can't see anything. Your, the medicine isn't working. I don't know why you keep hearing this noise in your ear, but there's nothing we can do for you. And she was telling me that it was completely like debilitating too. Like she hasn't been able to go anywhere, ride her bicycle because she feels dizzy all the time. And I was like, Oh, and I just immediately was like, can I pray for you? And she was like, yes, sure. But, and she has her hands full of like leaves and vegetables and stuff. She's like, but where, like right now? And I'm like, yeah, right now. She's like, well, let me go put this stuff down first. (laughs) And she comes back and then um, she's like, do we pray your house or my house? Like where and she just wasn't certain. Cause she's a Buddhist, you know, a Buddhist and she just doesn't know what, what my prayer is going to be like. And I just said, yes, we can go to your house wherever right here is good too. And she's like, come to my house, come to my house. And she was so sweet because when she entered, she welcomed us into her home. She even showed me her amulet that she wears. And she's like, is it okay if I'm wearing this while you pray for me? And I just said, yes, that is fine. Um, because I know in my heart and in my spirit that Jesus is higher than any other name. So it doesn't matter. And, um, and so then we, in the, for this case, you know, so we just sit down and, and she's just not even really sure what to say or do. But I, um, myself and I took some of the teenage girls with me to go over there <laughs> and I said, you guys are coming to pray with me. So it was myself and two of the teen girls and we just talked to her a little bit more, hear more about what's the symptoms. And I just said, okay, well, we're going to lay our hands on your ear and pray for you. And she's just going to heal your ear. And of course, Jesus did. The The sound all went away, the pain. And even more than that, like she kept saying, like, I'm feeling peace in my body. And just, just a peace came over her. And um, that healing over amount of time, like of still visiting her and seeing her, uh, has led her to believe in Jesus and pray to Jesus. She was praying to Jesus even before she received Jesus into her life every night because she just experienced that miracle radically changed her so much that um, it caused her to continue to come over and ask, like, how do I pray to Jesus? And and even um, she lives in a house in the area where other houses near her, it's all family. So, and even that, those family is a little interested and curious not quite open yet to it, but, um, definitely know about her healing. And so she just, this last Sunday came to church with us too, which is a big deal in the 
the Thai Buddhist community and that kind of thing. She wasn't even really willing at first to go to church and now came to church with us. So that's exciting too. So God is just healing people around us and the, the Thai Buddhists are coming to know Jesus and um, we're just excited. It's an exciting time. Not even just the Thais, but the Chinese too. <laughs> wow. Yep. That, that's so exciting for me. I'm sitting here and I'm just beaming to hear the stories of what God has done in, in the lives of the people that you're ministering to. Uh, we only have about seven or eight minutes left, so I'm I'm going to skip ahead if a little a little bit if that's okay. I know that we had a couple of questions in there um, that I'll probably not get to, but what I'd like to do is um, to ask you this: we we know that a number of the people that listen are supporting missionaries already. They support financially, maybe in prayer, but if they really wanted to level up their game, if they really wanted to raise the bar in terms of what they're doing, what's one thing they could do to further support or encourage a missionary? I think monthly emails with specific questions and then specific responses to the questions where, uh, for example, if, if say we told this, told these two stories and one of our supporters wrote back and said, Oh, how is person a doing? How is person B doing? What are you doing in follow up? Uh, I think that is great. Any area where a supporter can listen to the specific stories and circumstances and then ask specific questions relating those stories, especially in the area of like, um, like accountability to say, Hey, I heard you were talking about this. How's that going? What are the next steps and how can we specifically pray for you in those areas? I think we have some people that do that for us. And when we relate with them, we walk away from that, like, Oh, that was so refreshing Mm -hmm. much more so than the people we Skype with maybe or write to every three or four months where it's a, a general catching up. Mm -hmm. But when, when people are intimately in on, the goings on of our life. It's good. It's been, it's been really good. And I, that, that would be my, my, my advice. Okay. And with that, I'd like to go ahead and transition to the speed round. This is where I get to ask you a series of questions and you come back with your amazing answers. Does that sound like a plan? <laughs> Great. <laughs> so what's one thing you wish you would have known before you started out? To clarify roles responsibilities and expectations of sending organization and of if you're working with partner organizations in your country, um, what, what just the basics of what are my roles, what are my responsibilities and what are the expectations you have of me? And then what are your roles? What are your responsibilities and what are the expectations that we should have with you? Uh, both on the, the home front and on the receiving country front. If, if a receiving country front organization applies. I think if those would have been clarified early on uh, for, on both parties, uh, it would have made things a little bit easier for us. Okay. Looking back over the years, uh, what's the best advice you've received? Don't quit. (laughs) (laughs) Can you share uh, anything on a cat poster? (laughs) Okay. Can you share one of your personal habits that you strongly believes contributes to your success? Laughter. Laughter. <laughs> I think I think living in community. Yeah. It's a personal habit. We um we intentionally live uh Samara lives with us and then we also have a Thai teenager that lives with us as well. 
And um, we just constantly have an open door. And I think that that is definitely a habit (laughs) in our life. We live, we eat dinner together. We do life together. We pray. And that is, um, I think, a success for us. Uh Do you have an Internet resource that you use and could share with our listeners? I got a bunch of Thai language stuff, but (laughs) (laughs) if you have anybody that's interested, I can point them in the right way. But other than that. We don't use much internet other than Facebook and Google. <laughs> Google. Oh okay. We yeah. Sorry. Do you have one book that you'd recommend for our listeners? Uh, I think um, I could, because I was trained at the in Mozambique at the Iris uh, Ministry School. I I definitely heartily recommend the books that Heidi uh, Baker has written. Um, and then her husband, Roland has recently released a PDF of his PhD thesis that talks about the core, the five core values of, of Iris ministries and I, I, and and missions. Um, and for me reading through that core value stuff has been very helpful. And I, you know, it's kind of, part of our, our DNA, if you will. And I, I would definitely recommend it for anybody interested in missions to, to at least consider what, what Heidi and Roland have to say in their writings and in their life. Okay. That's good. And for those who are listening, uh, we will have all of the resources and everything linked up in the show notes. So if you're driving to work or you're working out and you can't write down something right now, uh, you can stop by the show notes page, which will be at engagingmissions.com slash Lawrenson, and you'll find all that information there. So we'll have all that for you. Now, uh, Caleb and Tracy, we've got just a couple minutes left, but I would like to ask uh, one final question uh, before we kind of tie a bow on this. If you had one piece of advice to share with our listeners, the, that sort of that parting piece of advice, what would that be? And then how can they connect with you? Piece of advice. I think I'll give the advice in terms of a question that you had talked about previously with like connecting with uh, foreigners within the community at the U S in the U S maybe you've talked about it with other people, but the, the idea of, of, of food and meal sharing is so important to so much of, of the world. And if you have refugees in your community and you're like, how can I get to know them? We say, open your doors, open your heart and, and start having meals with your neighbors. I think that's my advice. share meals with your neighbors, believers or unbelievers, whatever, just make that a part of, of life Mm -hmm. and connect with us. Uh, you can, we're on Facebook with our names. (laughs) We have email. You you can link those. We don't have any other good. Uh, That's fine. And again, for those listening that will all be linked up in the show notes. Yeah, that's fine. Okay. So, Caleb and Tracy, thank you so much for being with us. I I wish we could have uh, kept this going for a lot longer. I have really enjoyed our time together. It's been wonderful. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. We had fun, too. That's all the time that we had with Caleb and Tracy Lawrence, and I'm really thankful that we were able to connect and get this together. Uh, As we were preparing to record this, they were having some challenges with power outages and all of that stuff, and... I'm really thankful that it all worked out. It was really wonderful to be able to talk to them. Uh, 
I do hope that you were encouraged, as I was, to hear from people who really love Jesus and who are seeing him do some pretty amazing things. As I mentioned, all of the links and all of the resources are available in the show notes at engagingmissions.com slash Lawrenson or slash 40, as in episode 40. You can stop by there to connect with them to uh, find the links to their contact information as well as the resources they mentioned. And I would also like to encourage you, as they mentioned, to think about a missionary you're connected with and to do something that's very personal that lets them know that you've been paying attention, holds them accountable, and asks them how you can pray effectively for what's going on in their lives and in their ministry. I thought that was a wonderful way to approach this, to not just read the newsletter and respond with, hey, I'm praying for you, which is something that I tend to do, but to take it that next step further and go, hey, how's this person doing? How's this thing doing in your life? That was wonderful. If you, if you had any questions or comments, you can always leave those in the show notes. That, again, is at engagingmissions.com slash Lawrenson. Or if you have something specific that you're not sure you want to be public, you can always email that to me at feedback at engagingmissions.com. Whether this is your first time here, you're connected with the Lawrensons, or you happen to find this in a search, or you've been subscribed since the very beginning, I really am thankful that you're here. It means a lot to know that you're here, that you're listening to the stories of what God's doing in the world, and I would love to hear from you. That feedback uh, email address, you can definitely shoot me something there. You can definitely leave something as a comment in the show notes, or... If you've never subscribed to the show or left a rating and review, you can certainly do that. You can visit engagingmissions.com slash iTunes to find a short, like two and a half, three minute video to show you exactly what you need to know in order to be able to subscribe in iTunes and then also leave a rating and review. Not only does that let me know whether or not I'm meeting your needs, whether I'm providing something that's valuable to you, it also helps other people find the show because as they're searching in iTunes or other podcast directories, they're more likely to find the show if there are ratings and reviews. So that's something that you can do that would also mean a lot to me as we continue to try and connect people who are looking for stories of what God is doing in the world with the missionaries like the Lawrences and the stories of what God's doing in and through their lives. Thanks so much for being here. It really does mean a lot to know that you're here. This has been the Engaging Missions Radio Show. Thanks so much for listening. May God richly bless you. We'll see you next week.